Amen. So just as that video pointed out, every single one of us here today stands at a threshold. You're standing at a threshold and you're wondering, will I cross over today? Will I cross over? You know, for Christians, crossing the Jordan, that phrase crossing the Jordan, represents passing from one level of the Christian life to the next. It's not a picture of the Christian dying and going to heaven. That's not what crossing the Jordan means. The promised land never was meant to be a picture of heaven. Rather, a place that was obtained by hard effort and hard work. The promised land, listen carefully, the promised land is a picture of entering into spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare to claim what God has promised. Today, we're going to take a look and examine great principles of faith that we can learn when Israel crossed over the Jordan River. The first of which is this. Faith may require that we wait. How many of you love to wait? I'm glad that nobody raised their hand because I'd have to accuse you of lying. But if you'll turn with me to Joshua chapter 3, we're going to begin in verse 1 and discover why oftentimes our faith may require us to wait. In verse 1 of Joshua chapter 3, the Bible tells us, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days. So they got to the edge of the Jordan River to move forward in God's call on their life, and they had to wait. The spies had returned from their visit with Rahab and Jericho, and when they came back, they obviously gave Joshua and the commanders a favorable report. And so Joshua says, okay, we're ready. Move to the edge of the Jordan River, and when you get there, I want you to wait for further instructions. So guys, people got there, and they waited three days preparing to cross the Jordan River. As they waited those three days there on the edge of the river, there had to be one question that dominated their thinking. How in the world are one million people going to cross this river? You see, most of the year, the Jordan River was only about 100 feet wide. But during the spring flood stage, which it was here and now, the Jordan River could be over one mile wide. 
So as they stood there on the edge of the Jordan, I would imagine that several of the people said, you know what? We need to go back. We ain't crossing this river. I'd venture to say that some of them said, you know, it looks pretty good on this side of the river. Why don't we just stay here? Others probably were thinking, how can we cross this thing? Well, we can't swim across it. It's over a mile wide and we got children. We can't build enough rafts or boats. I mean, how are you going to transport a million people? We ain't got time to build a bridge. There's only one way to solve this problem. We're going to have to go through it. We're going to have to go through it. Only when faced with this overwhelming obstacle, this mile-wide obstacle, did the Israelites finally realize that they were at the end of their own ability. And they were going to have to rely on the power of God. Friends, the sooner you and I realize this, the better off we're going to be. The sooner your pastor realizes that, the better off we're all going to be. Because I have this tendency of thinking that I can do everything in my own ability. But I'm learning quickly in my old age. That's not likely the case. To take us all across this raging Jordan, we're going to have to trust in God's power. Have you ever seen those flashing signs on the highway that say, expect delays? Man, you get down there around Malfunction Junction in Birmingham, you start seeing those signs, and man, I start rolling my eyes. 20 miles out, expect delays. But you know, in life, that's actually pretty sound advice. Especially in our Christian life, we ought to expect delays. But if we're honest, and I think we all would be, and we all would agree that, that waiting on God is not always easy. In fact, I'd say that that waiting on God is really hard. I've learned just in my short time here at Bethel that waiting on God is hard to do. It's not easy. Sometimes faith requires that we wait. But I think God is telling us here in our church, listen carefully, we've waited long enough. It's time to move forward. But this passage also tells us that we have to realize that sometimes faith uh, works in new ways. That God sometimes works in a new way in our life. If you would, go back with me to Joshua chapter 3. And there in verse 2, so it was after three days that the officers went through the camp 
And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Joshua is telling the people, God's getting ready to lead us. God's getting ready to show us the way. And you must allow yourself some space so you can see the way that God is leading. When it was time to go, God gave the Israelites some very specific instructions. Now, you may know that previously, God led the Israelites uh, by a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at nighttime. Those were symbols Symbols that God was leading them, that God was present with them, that God would protect them. But now, he's choosing a new way. Now, he's chosen to lead the people by the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God. Now, the Ark of the Covenant has fascinated people for over 3,000 years. If you don't know, the Ark of the Covenant was basically a wooden box plated in gold, and in it were the Ten Commandments, the commandments of God. In it was the, uh, a golden jar of manna where God had provided food for the Israelites. In it was also the rod of Aaron that budded. It was, a, it was like a staff, but it was alive. It actually budded and made a flower, an almond flower. The ark represented the person of God, represented the power of God, but also the promise of God. And they were to follow the person, the power, and the promise of God as they crossed this river. They knew that with the ark leading the way, with God leading the way, that as they invaded and possessed the new land, they weren't doing so in their own power. They were doing so in the power of God. God himself was leading his people just as he does today. You see, when we face times of crisis, when we face growing pains in our church, when we face the challenges of reaching a lost world for the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we face direction, times of direction in our lives, we need to be sensitive to the movement of God. God is moving around us. He's moving in us all the time, but we need to be sensitive to that. And when God is at work in you, when God is at work around you, do you know what you can expect to hear? When God's working around you and in you, you can expect the call to go forward. God is trying to get our attention and tell us that it's time to move forward. Now, sometimes that's real challenging. 
Sometimes that can be very overwhelming. But when God moves us out of our comfort zone, he moves us into a path of opportunity. He's not moving you just to be moving you. He's moving you because he wants to grant you an opportunity to glorify him. So if you're facing a raging Jordan in your life, and you're thinking about whether you want to cross that thing, I want you to know it very well may be a path of opportunity for you. A path where God might want to use you for his glory. Think about all the times that God has called, but we failed to step out. I believe that today God waits for us to be willing to get our feet wet. He waits for us to be willing to cross over into that new realm of faith. But to do that, that means we're going to have to be willing to step out. That's what faith means. Faith means that we're willing to step out. Look in verse 5 of chapter 3. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, set yourselves apart, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took the Ark of the, Lord, of the Covenant and they went before the people. And the Lord said, Did you hear that? And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Stand in the middle of of this mile-wide river. What I want you to notice first is that God required a faithful response from Joshua. Before he even told the people what they had to do, he called for a faithful response from Joshua. And then Joshua says, okay, I'll tell the people to prepare themselves, to make themselves ready, to sanctify themselves, for tomorrow the Lord's going to do wonders among you. You're getting ready to experience God, and you better be ready. Now Joshua had no clue what God was going to do, but he knew that God was going to do something. He knew that God was up to something. God didn't give Joshua all the specifics. But he knew that when the time came, that God would give the instructions that the people needed. You know, some people, even some Christians, think that faith is this blind leap into the darkness. But I want to tell you today, that's not what faith is. Faith is not just a blind leap. The Christian life, faith, is based on the reliability and the dependability of the God we worship. It's not a blind leap. It's just trusting God, depending on God. But obviously here, 
God's promise depended on the people being willing to dedicate themselves to the work. Or maybe to rededicate themselves to what God wanted them to be. God's people. Look there in verse 5. Sanctify yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. Set yourself apart. Dedicate yourself. Rededicate yourself. Whatever you got to do to get ready, you better get ready because tomorrow the Lord's going to do a wonder among you. Are you ready? Are you ready, friends, for God to do a wonder among us? I want to encourage you. Sanctify yourselves because God's getting ready to do something wonderful in our midst. And then in verse 6, we're told that they were told to cross over. See, once God leads us to cross over into this new realm of faith, we don't turn back. Once we cross over, we don't go back. We keep moving forward. So we must be willing to step out, to cross over, and never look back. But I want you to know today that sometimes faith is an opportunity that you can reject. You don't have to cross over if you don't want to. You don't have to step out if you don't want to. You can reject the opportunity that God's given you. Let's read in verse 9. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and every one of those other sites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. God says, I'm going before you. All you got to do is follow me. Now, therefore, take for yourselves 12 men, the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The Jordan shall be cut off, that the waters that come down from upstream shall stand up as a heap. So Joshua is speaking to his people, but as he's doing it, his total focus is on what God has promised. He doesn't encourage them in his own strength. He doesn't try to tell them that, hey, you got great numbers. We got great attendance. We can do it. What does he say? Listen to what your God has promised you. That's the main reason I think that God chose Joshua. God could trust Joshua to lead his people by example. How many of you know that's important for a leader? That he lead by example. But it's even more important to not only lead by example, but to point to God the whole time you're doing it. He knew Joshua was this kind of man. Someone has said the leader that needs to constantly tell people that he's the leader 
isn't. Do you agree with that? You'll see the leader leading. As Joshua presented God's instruction to the people, those people swiftly learned they got two options. Two options faced with this obstacle. Number one, they can stay put and reject the incredible promises of God. Or they can trust the man that God placed as their leader and move forward and accept the abundant life that God's promised. Two options. Stay put and reject the promises or listen to the man God gave you. Follow God and accept the promises he's given you. How many of you know that it's no different today? Things are no different today than they were 3,000 some odd years ago when God's people faced the Jordan River. You see, you can stay in your own little comfort bubble if you want to. You can reject the opportunities that God gives you to serve a purpose greater than yourself. Friend, you can reject that if you want to. Or you can get on board with what God's doing through the faithful ministry of this church. And you can accept, you can receive what God has in store for you. But it is your choice. Jesus said, whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Now here comes the important part. Just as, say just as, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. That phrase, just as, means just like he did it, you do it. Just like Jesus did it, the Son of Man did it, so are we to do it. That means we didn't come to be served. You don't come to, be church, or come to church to be served. If you do, you're coming for the wrong reason. You come to serve, to serve the Lord your God, and to give your life. How many of you know that as a Christian, your life is no longer your own? It's been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. Your life is no longer your own. So don't reject your opportunity to experience the promises of God. Friends, I know that faith may require that we wait, and nobody likes to wait. I know that sometimes we have to realize that God's working in a new way, and it makes me get outside of my comfort zone. I know that. I know that faith means that i got to be willing to step out. And sometimes I don't want to step out. But faith is an opportunity that you can either accept or reject. Finally today, faith also allows God to display his power. Look with me in verse 14. 
So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all of its banks during the whole time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still, and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, that city that is beside Zeratan, so that the waters that went down into the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, failed. They stopped. And were cut off. It's almost like a wall had been built. They were cut off. And the people crossed over the river opposite of Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stirred, stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. Dry ground means no water. Dry ground means there's no mud. Dry ground means dry ground. And the priests were standing on dry ground in the middle of this one mile wide Jordan River. And then all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed over completely over the Jordan. And the priests were just instructed, boys, you got to just put one foot in front of the other. Just do what I told you to do. Put one foot in front of the other and step out into that water by faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in the promises of God. You know, unless you and I are willing to step out on faith, unless you and I are willing to go get our feet wet, Trusting in the promises of God, we ain't likely to see much progress in this church. You believe that? Say amen. And if half of us decide we're going to get our feet wet, but the other half say, no, I ain't, then we really can't expect much progress. But the priests... They were obedient. They followed in obedience step by step by step. And the water disappeared. And they walked through on dry ground. Now, when the Red Sea was parted, you may remember what the Bible says, that Moses, the leader of God's people, took his staff and he raised that staff up and the Red Sea parted. But when Israel crossed the Jordan River, it wasn't the arm of the leader that made a miracle. It was the feet of the people that made the miracle. 
willing to step out in faith. I can step out in faith all day long. But if we're not together doing it, we can't expect much progress. Now, most of us, I understand, are not risk takers. I'm not a risk taker. I'm the world's worst at the stock market. Because all I do is I take the secure route. I'm not a risk taker. But a lot of people get so comfortable in our padded pews. A lot of people get so comfortable in the area of service that you're already uh, predictable doing or not doing. We don't like those defining moments that make us move. We don't like those defining moments when God says, Son, I want you to cross over. We like to hold on to the familiar, the easy, the path of least resistance. But I want to tell you this morning with all my heart that God wants us to be willing to grow. He wants us to be willing to expand. And he wants us to be willing to claim new territory for the glory of God. Now, there are a lot of crossover moments in life. Going from one level of Christian life to the next. From one level of dedication to another. From one ministry to another. Those crossover moments often are blessed with hope and joy. But they're also blessed with a lot of problems. Amen? I mean, you know that problems can be blessings. You may cross over into this new realm of Christian life, and you say, man, I ain't got the strength to do this. Guess what? You don't. You may say, okay, I'm crossing over, Bill. I'm crossing over, and I'm going into this new level of dedication to my life in Christ. But man, I don't have the wisdom to do it. Guess what? You don't. God wants you to, to realize that you need to stop trying to take control of it yourselves and let him do it. Just submit to God. Surrender to Christ. Give your life to the Lord. Let him do it. Now, there are a lot of artificial crossovers too. Some people make an artificial crossover of age. Too old to do that, man. Yeah, I got the wisdom, and I might have some strength, but man, I'm too old. Too old to do that. I think some people think that there's this magical age. Magical age when they're more alive than they are right now. How many of you know that you'll never be more alive than you are this moment? Don't get locked in. Or better yet, don't get locked out by your age. It reminds me of a gentleman named Fred Lackey who on July the 2nd of this year 
was planning his vacation with his wife, Sue. They had the car packed, and they were going to go to church and leave on their vacation from church. And Fred said, darling, there's this family I want to go visit before we go on vacation. I want to invite them to church. And as he went outside and reached his hand for the handle of the car, Fred had a sudden and massive heart attack and went home to be with the Lord. But I want to tell you that Fred Lackey never made an artificial crossover moment out of age. At 81 years old, he was still serving like he was 40. Don't get locked in or locked out by your age. Now, there are other crossover moments like when we get sick, disease, illness, surgery of all manner. And man, those can be very frightening crossover times. But I want to tell you that God's power that brought you into this world is the same power that will sustain you as long as you're serving him. I mean, think about this. If you stop serving God while you're here on earth, he may as well just go ahead and take you to heaven. True? Amen? So you're sick and you're struggling, you're having a hard time. What do you do? Well, if you're not helping to grow the kingdom of heaven, you might as well go on home. But if you choose to serve him, then you're granting God the opportunity to use your faith and to grow the kingdom of heaven. It reminds me of Tina Hammond. Now, you haven't seen Tim and Tina Hammond in some time. Uh, they're still members of our church, but uh, they live way off in Center Star. And through several consultations with them, um, I encouraged them to go to a church that was more logistically suited to them. Because I wanted them to have read in, in ministry, in uh, children's ministry. And it, just the distance between them and, and us was just too great. And they couldn't plug in like they wanted to. So Tina, in the midst of her cancer uh, treatments and surgery after surgery after surgery, Tina and Tim decide, you know what? We're going to plug in over at this church, and we're going to make sure Reed's plugged in. And Tim and Tina, led by the Lord, decided that they wanted to have a connect group at their house. So here's this woman struggling with cancer, going through chemo, and holding these life groups, these Sunday school classes, in her house. Didn't matter. She was crossing over. Sick or not sick, she was crossing over. Now, you know, the most life-changing crossover moment is that moment that you make a spiritual decision to open up your life to Jesus. You recognize the destruction of sin. You recognize your need to turn to him. You recognize the fact that you need forgiveness for your sins. And you give your life to Christ. 
What a wonderful, wonderful crossover moment in life. But there's then the ultimate crossover. You know what I'm talking about. Death. Death is not the only the ultimate crossover moment. It's the final crossover moment. But the Lord, or Jesus Christ, promised that he had taken the sting out of death for those who had given their lives to him. So remember, as you stand at the edge of the river, as you stand facing your crossover moment, man, you may be scared to death. You may be overwhelmed and you think you can't do it. You don't have the strength. You don't have the wisdom. You don't have the time. You don't have the ability. You don't have this and you don't have that. Well, I want to encourage you, you don't. But your God does. He can use you if you'll be willing to put one foot in front of the other and take a step of faith and cross over into that new realm of faith. And I'll just tell you, from personal experience, it may be the most thrilling opportunity of your life. So, we stand at the edge of our Jordan today. Facing our crossover into a new realm of faith, a deeper level of commitment and dedication to Jesus. Are you ready to cross over? Maybe you say, Bill, I'm not ready to cross over because I haven't given my life to the Lord yet. And if I, if I try to cross over right now, I'll be doing it in my own strength and I'll drown. Well, today you can cross over into the family of God and accept Jesus Christ as your rightful Savior and Lord but you may say, I, Bill, I done made that crossover. Already part of the family. <laughs> Check that. I'm in. Well, guess what? Another crossover stands before you. Are you ready to cross over? Because this step, this, these crossovers, they keep coming up. You keep going from one realm of faith to another realm of faith, to another level of dedication, to another level of commitment, to another level of what God wants you to do. Are you ready to cross over? Today, you stand at the edge of the river. As that video showed, you stand at the threshold. threshold. Are you going to cross over? If you do, maybe you realize that you need to cross over and serve the children. Maybe you, need to, you realize that you need to cross over and, you know what, you've been fed long enough. And it's time for you to start doing the feeding. We have both adult and children's life groups that need discipling. At this point, me and Janet are going to be leading children's life groups. And we have a very limited number of helpers. But we're going to do it. We're going to cross over and we're going to do it. But it's just as much your calling as it is ours. 
were talking about have, taking meals to Lori and Brenda. I know y'all are good cooks, amen. I've eaten your food. Maybe you need to cross over and say, you know what? That's a level of commitment that's right in my wheelhouse. I can cook with some good food now. And I know that Brenda and Lori and, man, all manner of other folks, man, they'd appreciate that. It's ministry. It's stepping up. It's crossing over. It's doing what God wants you to do. So I want to encourage you all. If you haven't crossed over into the family of God, today's your day. You might as well go ahead and cross that threshold. But maybe you've already done that, and it's time for you to cross over into a new realm of faith, a new level of dedication. And I want to encourage you to do that in the name of Jesus this morning, okay? Let's pray.